You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. In today's conversation, we're actually not at our studio and we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma doing some collab work and we have the pleasure of sitting down with a female grower, Kimmy, from Jackalope Farms. They are an, an organic living soil, sun-grown cultivation in Northeast Oklahoma and we're super, super excited to pick her brain today. So please welcome Kimmy to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Kimmy. Hey, what's up? Hi, we're so happy happy to have you here with us today. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. So let's start from the beginning. Will you please tell us where your cannabis journey first began? Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I grew up in, I guess teenagehood was in like Reno, Nevada, which Mm -hmm. is very close to California, basically the border. Um, And was like a 16 year old punk rock kid that ran, I didn't run away from home. I left, (laughs) I left home voluntarily. Yeah. And, uh, just started traveling and then you know there was always weed around you know with the friends and you know you go sneak around do you remember your first time smoking yes tell me well no i remember the first time i got high okay. i think the first time i smoked i didn't actually get high i was like i'm doing it wrong. one of those yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the first time i was like oh shit <laughs> you felt it what was yeah. your do you remember the story i was in the back seat of this like I don't know, Honda Civic. And they were like <laughs> blasting horrible music, like techno. Yeah. Oh no. Like 2000s techno. Yeah. And I was just like looking out the window and I was like, and it was like a hot, hot box and stuff. And I'm like, oh, dang, <laughs> I am high. This is weed. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely like 15 or something. 15 or something. So before we dive into who you are and what you do, will you tell us your favorite way to consume cannabis? Joints. Joints, yeah. Straight up. Just the OG joint, yeah. flower joint. Or a blunt. Blunt makes me feel real cool. Yeah, I'm Always. a big blunt girl. Yeah. <laughs> Always. But I can't but commit to a blunt, you know. Why? I like the balance. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, I just want to know. Why? I get too stoned. Like, I'm a yeah. lightweight. Like, yeah. That's um, nice. Yeah. I don't have that problem. <laughs> you yeah, can smoke a whole blunt to yourself. Uh, yeah. You're so cool. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not at all. Awesome. Not at all. Blunt awesome. girl. So I know I have random routines and rituals that I like to abide by when it comes to my cannabis, and everything is ebb and flow always. But do you have a cannabis routine slash ritual that you like to partake in, or what gets your day started? Oh man, I am a night smoker. Okay, that okay, is it. cool. That's it. I can't. I have so much to do during the day. I hear, like, yeah. If I'm not like on it, mm-hmm. um, I'll lose it. So I, yeah. I respect that yeah. and I admire that. I feel like mm-hmm. I, whenever I first started using cannabis, I was just an eye smoker. You were. You like, were so mindful about not consuming it was, during the day. Yeah, for the same reasons. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, I can handle myself in like my day to day life. You know, I just, I know when, but definitely. like I definitely just started out as an eye smoker for the same reason. Yeah. yeah. And stuff's so strong nowadays. Like yeah. it's not like when I was 15 when you. You need could. like a few puffs maybe and like you're good. Yeah. 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 You know yeah. what's funny is I was having this conversation this morning. Um, at the gym and um, one of the guys I work out with is 37 and I've heard this from quite a a bit of like 35 plus older people and you remember somebody talking about kind bud like on one of our episodes have you heard of kind bud okay kind bud was apparently this bud back in like 
the late 90s, early 2000s, that was like the best bud to ever exist. So they would sell it like one gram supposedly would be like $35. And it was just this like super good bud. And so like, I feel That's like- That's what it was labeled as. Yeah, so it was I just guess. called kind bud. Like that, there wasn't, there was like no yeah. strength. I don't know, like, I don't know. But I've heard a lot of people talk about kind bud recently and like compare it to today's bud and be like, yeah, it's just not as good as like today's bud. Like we just can't find that kind bud. And I'm like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? Like what? We have such great growers and you know, so like, Kind bud. Somebody yeah. slide in my DMs and, just, <laughs> and rebuttal. things to people. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is true. True with nostalgia that can take you, like, way back. Yeah. 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 I've definitely heard kind bud, like, in songs. Yeah. See, I haven't okay. even heard it in songs. I heard it for the first time on our podcast. And I was like, what the hell is kind bud? Dun, 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 to be Probably answered. Some, yeah. some good weed. Yeah. <laughs> some good weed. So let's talk family. We know everyone's families. We have different dynamics, especially with cannabis. What's your dynamic with your family and this healing plant? Like, do they support you? Uh, now they do. Yeah. Like, like I said, I left my family really early. Okay. Um, no, like, nothing bad. Yeah. Just like, I've got to go do my own thing. You spread your yeah. wings. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. But, uh. My family, like, my parents are pretty right-wing Republicans, and I definitely, like, lied to them for so long on what I was actually doing. Yeah. I, I would always say that I was working uh, trails. Yeah. That's why you couldn't call me for months on end, <laughs> I'd be up in Humboldt. In yeah. Mountains, like, trimming I mean, that working. makes sense, yeah. though. And eventually, after I was, like, became a grower and mm-hmm. was, like, full-time, um, I eventually was like, I grow weed, guys. Yeah, this is like, what it is. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's like, cool. They're like, That's they fine. can't do anything about yeah. it. And yeah. they've definitely, like, definitely, like, turned a new leaf. They're like, oh, yeah, weed's cool. They were like, okay, Ish. parents. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, like, coming around a little bit. Yeah, my mom's really supportive, and my dad's pretty down yeah that's cool yeah, that's cool that's did, awesome. so you said Humboldt so when did you how old were you whenever you moved from Nevada to um, Humboldt and started like even getting into cannabis um I like traveled around the country playing okay. music for years oh really cool. and I would go to Humboldt or like Cal- Northern California in general mm-hmm. to go like trim weed for mm-hmm. a couple months to make enough money to yeah, be a, be a traveling musician. Yeah, and that started when I was like seventeen, and then I did like just trim season, harvest season, so a couple months a year, um, probably till I was like twenty two, and then like life circumstances, yeah, things just happened. Just happened, and I got offered a grow position um, with another chick, and we were gonna. She got me the job actually, and I was like okay, yeah, I'll move out to the top of this mountain just with you and run this (laughs) massive weed farm that I, we didn't really know what we were doing. That's so so badass sounding though. I was like 22 when I did that. But familiar enough with the plant. Right. That's cool. That's so cool. So it was in California and in the mountains and you had an opportunity to do that. So how long were you out there for? Um... At that farm, I was there for two year, two seasons, cool. and then I got my own farm with oh, cool. some business partners. Yeah, um, and then we had our own farm for a couple of years, then had to shut down because we got on the federal raid list. Mm. Oh. We got tipped off, and uh, just because we were musicians out there, we knew everybody. Yeah, we, like, we got a phone call one morning, and they're like, or "Actually, someone showed up at our house." Mm-hmm. They're like, "Y'all are on the federal raid list. You better chop all your plants down right now." What? Like, oh shit! 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? It's like the craziest story. So, like, okay, let's get into this story, <laughs> yeah. please. So, how long did it take you to chop everything down? And, like, how fast were you guys moving? These were, like, 20-foot-tall plants. Like, okay, six, 16 to 20-foot-tall yeah. plants because it was, like, Humboldt-style giant mm-hmm. ones. It took us three days straight, 24 hours, and we had, like, a crew of 15 what? And we were like stuffing our trucks full to the brim of this weed and driving it to other friends' houses to dry. Um, oh my gosh. And we, it was insane. And we had like people all over and we were buying like Costco carports and setting them up with dehums in the woods with generators. And we, and then the, then the cops did come. Well, um, so, how, well, how many days <laughs> did it take for them to come? Well, we got the tip off on a Saturday, uh-huh. so we figured we were safe until Monday. We got everything down by Monday, and then uh, they did come, but they only got to our neighbors. They never actually made it to our farm. Oh, but we nice. were the next ones. But we, yeah. I ran. I drove through the like they're called convoys. Yeah, and it was so scary. Oh my god! Like, what was it like? What's a convoy? Like a stopping point? Uh, the convoy is like it's like a row of. All the cops, the game warden, the feds. Okay. The, yeah, as they're headed to go, like, uh, yeah. raid. Yeah, and they have their chipper. <laughs> oh <laughs> you see God. them all around. You're yeah. Like, God. So, you you know, you'd call into the radio uh-huh. station and be like, we saw a convoy headed up this road. So, if you're listening to the radio, yeah. you'd have a tip-off. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> this is true <laughs> This is style. blowing yeah. my mind yeah. right now. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, there's a lot of stories. That That one's, like, the big one that, like, really kind of got me out of California because okay. I just invested so much money and then got shut down. Yeah. <laughs> and had to just rebuild. Um, that was a rental property. So the lady ended up selling it because she was like, well, it's got a fed mark on it. So we're all kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, so then we set up shop in a little town called Ferndale and we did like clones and stuff for a couple of years to get our footing together. I think it was only like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I bought a farm out in Maine and moved there. Wow. And, and grew there. <laughs> wow. You've been all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've lived a lot of lives. That's cool. So how long were you in Maine for? Uh, just a couple of years. Cool. And, and then how like, long have you been in Oklahoma? This is my third, end of the third growing season. Okay. So I always go by seasons. Yeah. Yes. I like yeah, that. As you should. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Do you enjoy Oklahoma? I love Oklahoma. It's cool. really cool here. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool seeing like a weed culture blossoming from like the very mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Especially somebody who's been a part of a culture that's so much bigger, like in Humboldt, especially. I feel like the roots are so deep there, and like the growing and just everything. And then, I mean, even going to Maine because I'm sure it was legalized in Maine before it was here. Yeah, I feel like you've seen a lot. Yeah, and so to see it from like beginning, I'm sure is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool to just like see people like learning more about things like first there was the first big crash of last year Mm -hmm. but I was anticipating a crash I'm like the first year out here I was like these prices are awesome yeah great I'm like this is not gonna last yeah (laughs) and then the next year it was just so Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's like seeming to equal out and people are like educating themselves on what type of weed they like and how they like it grown right you know because it's Maybe a race to the bottom here, but I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the big companies came and they've left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good insight from a grower. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so at what point 
in your journey did cannabis become more than just like getting high and more seen as like medicine and a healing plant? Uh, the most healing thing cannabis ever brought me was definitely growing it because when I finally like made the transition from just doing seasonal work to growing it full time, the whole reason I even agreed, I never wanted to be a grower. I was never on the table, Mm -hmm. but, um, the whole reason I got into it is because I was in a band forever and we were touring and then my, basically my best friend and my bandmate, he died really like unexpectedly. Sorry to hear that. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's all good. And, uh, I was just, like, so, like, what am I doing with my life? I am broken. Mm -hmm. I need to go hide on a mountain forever. Yeah. And that's what cannabis allowed me to do. That's awesome. And it's kind of just, like, brought a new, like, life path Mm -hmm. for right now. For sure, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What kind of band were you in? I have to know this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It would be described as, like, folk punk. Okay. But it was, like... Not that bad. Not that bad. It was like really fast, like bluegrass. Yeah, and, like a lot of like fuck the police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how long? Wait. How long? How long did, were you in that band for? Uh, a couple of years. Yeah. That's cool. Do you still talk to your bandmates? Yeah. Yeah. One. One's deported from the United States. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Bad. There is so many things that that band. Yeah. A lot of challenges. So you, you toured around the U.S., you said? U.S. and Canada. That's so cool. Uh, on freight trains. We're wow. We're like hopping freight trains. What was your wow. band called? Do you mind sharing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, called- Immediately Googles to find music. <laughs> yeah, There's like so many like awful YouTube videos. <laughs> Those are OG ones. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah, like in dirty, tattered clothes. Yeah. Uh, the band's called Profane Sass. Okay. Propane sass. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very sassy. I dig it. Yeah. That's cool yeah. you're in a band, though. I've always, like, wanted to wanted be in a band. <laughs> yeah. Let's start a be. band. <laughs> Give me no serious, too. <laughs> I know she is. Fuck around and I might be, too. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so let's flip the script a little bit. Um, tell us who you are, Kimmy, and what you do. Okay. I am Kimmy. <laughs> hey, hey, Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> I am the cultivator, grower, maybe idea starter of Jackalope Farms, which is a two-person team. It's me and my partner, Andy, who I tricked into becoming a weed farmer. Tricked. <laughs> Love that. I lured him in. Yeah, I lured him in. He does all the, like, he's, like, a genius builder, and he can build anything. I'm like, can you, like, put this together? I want auto depths. But we have no money for the $50,000 auto debts. Can you just create one? And he's like, yeah, no problem. What a great skill. Yeah, he's amazing. Wow. So I got super lucky on that. And uh, so Jackalope Farms is cool because it's kind of like a passion project of all the growing knowledge that I've accumulated from years of growing and things that I wanted to, like, establish in a farm and not really had the time to do. So we're doing all culture style, which is like a permaculture thing. What is the word you said? culture. Okay. <laughs> I need to learn more. <laughs> yeah. It's basically, well, the reason we went that route is because like the native soil on our mm-hmm. property. So we started from all raw land first off. Okay. Yeah. So we bought a plot of woods. Okay. Um, and that's, we bought a bunch of trees. We're like, okay, now we have to make a farm in this year. 
Yeah. So we got out there with some equipment. We had an 80-year-old dozer guy. Wow. Yeah, he's awesome. Wow. (laughs) Shout out. Legend. (laughs) Um, And he helped us, like, kind of take trees down, and we were, like, out there with chainsaws for months on end. And we thought our native soil was going to be a little better to work with from the start by just adding maybe some compost and stuff to get it going. But it turns out it was just straight rock and straight clay. Mm. So we're like, oh, dang. That red clay, Oklahoma. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't red clay. We're in northeast, so it's not quite red. Not that, But when you get deeper, it does get, like, straight red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's pretty interesting Mm -hmm. soil. But it was basically unworkable to – well, you could work it, but it would take – years to get to where you'd yeah. want to like throw cannabis plants in. So mm-hmm. we're like, oh shoot, we gotta start a whole we gotta figure something else out. So we I was like, let's just do hugoculture pits the size of the greenhouses that we want to build. And like my goal was always like, all right, two hundred by thirty foot greenhouses is what I personally as a grower can handle without killing myself most of the time yeah mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah overdoing it yeah yeah which I always overdo it yeah it's just a part of it <laughs> yeah so we made these huge pits and since we had all these felled trees from our property we just backfilled with like a foot and a half of straight logs um, rotten logs fresh logs twigs sticks just filled in and then we put hay on top of that and then compost. And then we got like topsoil, like native topsoil from other parts of the other parts of the state from uh-huh. mostly fields and stuff. And then we basically built a soil out of nothing. Wow. So instead of buying like a ton of bag soil, which everyone Mostly everyone does. I, okay. There's very few, like, soil soils. Mm-hmm. Um, all these bag soils are actually soilless media not technically soil okay yeah okay we're learning a lot yeah Yeah, i know yeah it's it's a whole thing but not that that's a a bad way to do it yeah it's just not your way yeah i couldn't basically i couldn't buy a hundred thousand dollars in bag soil to do the amount of weed i wanted to grow Mm. i was like well let's just do it this way and it's actually turned out to be amazing it's the best soil i've ever grown in and it's so easy to work with now all I have to do is add some compost every round, do a little soil test. And my soil test guys have been like, this is like some of the best soil tests I mean, that's we've awesome. seen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh, that's so cool I'm proud of that. And you guys made it. Yeah. yeah. And your plants get to grow in it. So they're pro- they grow really healthy and strong. Yeah. The second I put plants in it, they're always like, yeah. Super happy. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you get the name Jackalope? Um, maybe just lack of something to think of it was like one of those things like oh we have to come up with a name right now because we were like all right let's get Uh it done and fast 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 we're very fast-paced people Mm -hmm. which gets Um, shit done though yeah Yeah. it gets a lot of shit done Mm -hmm. so we're like jackalope's cool people that is cool there's not many it's not from a lack of yeah (laughs) i know there's definitely meaning behind that (laughs) i'm like as you're saying as you're teeing that up i'm like how do you randomly just think of jackalope like you're sitting in a jackalope (laughs) <laughs> you know i think i just like i like critters a lot so yeah okay. are cool mm-hmm. and, you know they got a cool little like history of 
you know, you call them by singing country songs and putting whiskey out. Okay. You know, See, cool. that's even yeah. more special. I know. Goes back to your bluegrass roots. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like <laughs> that's that. That's awesome. Some country stuff. That's cool. cool. I love yeah. it, Kimmy. So you're not only a grower amongst, amidst many growers in our wonderful state, but you're also a female grower. What's that experience been like for you thus far? Oh, it's it's something. <laughs> it's <laughs> an experience. <laughs> Most of the time it's totally chill and it's cool, but literally like twice a week I get called, hey dude, hey man, on like Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they always think I'm a guy and I'm like, I don't know how to make it any more clear that I'm not, (laughs) which is fine. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Get a lot of unsolicited advice Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've been doing this a while, guys. Right, right. Um, Maybe I, I usually have to like sell myself more. Um, be able to like keep up in conversations mm. um, yeah. with dude growers. But I always had like Oklahoma, it's felt heavier to be a woman okay. in cannabis. Like in Humboldt, it really felt maybe I just like hung out with all the punk rock kids. Right. Yeah. right. No one really cared. Like there was freaks everywhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one really thought of I never really thought about it. And then now lately, it's definitely been way more on the forefront of my mind of being mm. like, I have to be like, women deserve a place in cannabis right. with like mm-hmm. 8%, 8% CEOs being women yeah. in cannabis. It's crazy. It yeah, is that's crazy. Bad low. Um, yeah. I don't know how it got that way. And I don't know what all these, like I see men talk about like, well, men created the industry. And I'm just like, were you not there? Yeah. Because I was, and I saw plenty of beautiful ladies like kicking butt and also, men would, you know, in Humboldt, they would be like, we only hire females. Yeah. Constantly for, like, trim crews mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so, so that's a different experience itself. Yeah. Like, I can understand if I were to come from somewhere like that mm-hmm. and then to come to a place like Oklahoma, like, that's a, it is a different dynamic yeah. with, I don't know a ton of female growers. No. Like, I could probably name them on my hand, on, on the hand. top of my head. Yeah. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. There's there's a bunch out there. There's definitely a ton, definitely in California, and yeah. in Maine, and um, maybe they just don't. Put themselves out there as much mm-hmm. right um, but you got to stand your ground <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm like trying to like bring you know I'm trying to make a brand and, yeah you know making the brand is definitely the most interactions I see is when I put my face on things and when I put myself out there yes and it's like all right you want to talk shop let's talk shop exactly and I can usually hold it my own but I'm also yeah. so open to like uh you know new scientific discoveries like there's so much new stuff coming up um you have to be open to that and yeah definitely trying to you know 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. You're fine. Just staying open-minded, yeah. period, yeah. I feel like. So, okay, I have to know what your vibe is whenever you walk into your room that's full of all the babes, you know. What do you listen to? Like, what gets you going? And what do you enjoy about being surrounded by the plants? Oh, I'm with the plants all the time. Like, I wake up in the morning, get coffee, walk out to each greenhouse to check um, everything to make sure everything's okay, figure out what I'm doing for the day. Um, so usually I'm not listening to anything during the like walk through. Yeah. Just kind of look in and okay. peek in and touch drinking it. your coffee yeah, while you do it all. <laughs> yeah. And then usually if it's like a long work day where I'm like constantly just repetitive tasks, right. a lot of podcasts. Cool. Um, Definitely a lot of murder podcasts. Yeah, murder those, podcasts. Are, those are the best. They keep you going on your toes. But definitely, like, I love all music, you know, a bunch of country and um, country, punk rock, hip-hop. Cool. I do, too. Give it to me all. I'm yeah, all, all the vibes. Love it. Yeah. I love that. A lot of funk. I'm digging the funk and, like, old-school Motown. Lately. Yeah, <laughs> it gets you going. It, it just does. makes you feel groovy. What, um, what crime podcast do you listen to? Oh, man. A lot. Crime Junkie? I like Crime Junkie. Okay. That's Date, all. Dateline's kind of, I love Lester. Dateline, okay. really? Just nice. Da- just very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but there is also, uh, was it Invisible Choir? That guy's cool. Okay. Haven't um, heard of that one. It's really good. I like a good to murder point, podcast if I'm like, if I'm, I feel like for me, it's if I'm traveling. Yeah. And then I listen to a lot of cannabis podcasts, too. Yeah. The Cannabis Hangout? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Cannabis Hangout. Um, oh, brand. Cannabis Science Podcast. They're cool. Yes. Um, There's so many, like, great podcasts out there that are about the cannabis plant mm-hmm. that yeah. I feel like you can get so much insight from, you know, just from a bunch of different people. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about how you grow your cannabis. And because we know everyone grows unique with what's suitable for them, but tell us about yours. Yeah, um, so with my cannabis, it's definitely, I, I definitely focus on the soil most of all to do the work. Like I want all the nutrients in the plant needs like in the soil. I want to put the plant in the soil and basically not have to mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, besides like some foliar sprays. And so I really focus mostly just on the soil. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, awesome. I keep saying that, but. No, that's a um, great focus to have. Yeah. It's a very important feed, one. It, yeah, if you feed the soil, you feed you feed the plant in turn. Um, and trying to do everything like as DIY as possible. Like I hate buying, I hate going to the grocery store and like buying crap you don't need because there's so many things that are like not necessary I feel yeah some people I mean they're you know yeah everyone has yeah this is just what you feel what you do for your style yeah Yeah. so and like obviously super organic like more organic than you know you could when when you say more organic than you can dream of like what does that even entail like what's more organic I think um like regenerative like trying to make things better versus make things worse and like closing the loop. Yeah. Some would say so not buying just say, so say you're organic. Okay. I'm organic because I buy these organic nutrients. Cool. Yeah. But what can you do further? You can eliminate buying those, those nutrients that came in a plastic bottle that, you know, maybe their products weren't derived 
sustainably. Right. So I want to be as sustainable as possible. So I buy my compost ingredients as local, super local. Mm-hmm. I got a bunny guy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Um, so trying to like keep things local, use what you have. You don't need all these bells and whistles to make a beautiful product. And I look at, you know, a lot of permaculture gardens, not just with cannabis. Like I think a lot of people get stuck on, you just have to look at cannabis farms and what they're doing, but you should kind of stretch your horizon and look at what have food farmers and flower farmers been doing for centuries out here. Right, yeah. Um, because they're all plants. Mm-hmm. Um, Good perspective. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love your passion that you have into like putting, like going from the ground up and doing everything from like local you know, yeah, and I like that you don't you focus so much on soil that you don't have to do much else. Yeah, like as somebody who would be consuming, I'd be like, oh, that's amazing because <laughs> you know you want like less for me is always more. And like I remember in elementary school, you learn keep it simple, stupid, and like I feel like that's what you did. Yeah. Just kept it very simple. That's because I, you know, I've I've done the the other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I've. I feel like I've relearned to grow weed probably like four times at this point. It's a good experience <laughs> yeah. like to be able to relearn. Mm-hmm. You know, you're learning so many different styles and yeah. ways of. There's so many ways. And like there's, and I'm not saying my way is the best way. It's just my way is yeah. my way for me because um, I like how everything turns out. And I like yeah. the productivity and um, how I can balance things with, because it's just me doing all the cannabis stuff on our farm. So I have to really pick and choose on what I'm going to like find important. Your um, time and what you pour in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause usually I don't leaf as much as other people because that would literally take me 70 hours in the greenhouse to, yeah, to leaf yeah. how some people leaf. And I also don't think it's necessary, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like the leaves cause I feel like I can like, it keeps me to be able to com- like the plants communicate through their leaves. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I can like kind of gauge because each strain's so different. Some strains are like, yo, I'm a little more hungry with that. Um, and they tell you by their leaves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty fast. And that's just, that just comes with experience. And right, like, right. Uh, I've been staring at plants for so freaking long. I like long. that observation <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for so freaking long. <laughs> My I first conversation it. out in the room. <laughs> right. <I'm kidding. laughs> That's awesome. So for you, what personally has been the biggest learning curve for growing cannabis that you weren't expecting? Ooh, just Oklahoma. Oklahoma is really hard to grow outdoor cannabis in. Okay. So I'd say Humboldt is like level one. Yeah. (laughs) Easy. Throw a plant out. It's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, Then Maine was a little harder. I saw, you know, I started recognizing, so I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. I should look that up. And um, just another, I'd say that's like a medium level. And then Oklahoma coming here, I was like, oh, the heat, the cold, mm-hmm. the extremes, <laughs> the bugs, it's like everything hits you in the face and you get like one month of like, this is so Normal nice. weather, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been every, I keep I try to say this on, like, my social medias. I'm like, every run is so different. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't – you can't have one formula for each season. Yeah. Um, 
So right now I'm in my what I call my cold season run, which is my favorite. But it it looks completely different than my summer run. Like I brought a couple nugs that one's cold season, one's the heat. Ooh. Same strain and it's cool. They look completely cool. different. Um, but I would love, you know, and that's just from not having a greenhouse that I can like climate control 100%, yeah. which I'd love to get there. But right. for now it's, you know, little the cheap tricks. Yeah. <laughs> and they work. Yeah. yeah, they work. You know, we still get beautiful cannabis and um, I'm stoked on it. That's awesome. But so you grow in the cold as well then outdoors. Yeah, well, we have heated greenhouses. Okay, okay, cool. But they're, like, kept at 55 max through the night. Wow. Um, I mean, that's so, still fairly cold, I feel like. Yeah, it's pretty cold for the plant. They like, you know, they like 70, 77. Is okay. Like preferred temp, yeah. I think. Yeah. Happy. But, uh, and higher, you know, a million people will tell you a different, million different temperatures. So. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to your flower, what's something that stands out about Jack Lowe Farms like that you take pride in? Um, I think the, the nose really just comes out of each cultivar. Like you can smell one and you can smell another and it doesn't smell the same, which I feel like maybe some farms... Kinda, like that. It kind of all smells the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Some, sometimes. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, there could be a bunch of reasons why. Right. Um, I feel like we get really strong noses out of our cannabis. And then we can also produce a good amount and have a fairly low price because of how we're growing. Yeah. Um, so like we're more, yeah, more affordable to, like, um, you know, it doesn't need to cost $15 a gram for uh, our stuff, for, yeah. uh, for us to make money um, on at dispensary yes. prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The farm would never see a, a, that price. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we're very flexible on prices, which is nice, because the way we set this farm up is we knew there was going to be a crash. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be a crash, and we need to survive, so... Thinking that on a business end, you got to do certain things, certain ways to be able to survive through this crash and the, yeah. the balance. And, um, you know, I'm ready to sell cheap pounds if I have to. I don't want yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but you will. I wish people would, you know, instead of being like, oh, this is outdoor. I've had people like brokers take my flower and then sell it as indoor. And I'm like, how about you give me that price? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and like, yeah, it happens, um, which is fine. You know, yeah, part, part of the game. But, <laughs> but that, it's not right. That's it's not, not where no. what it is. Yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, no. You should tell them that's freaking outdoor because it's awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. The sun has got so much flavor. Like the yeah. sun brings out these terpenes that mm-hmm. you'll never be able to get in an indoor. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Get me started on the sun. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> so how do you go about finding what genetics and strains you're wanting for your patients, and how do you go through the elimination process? Oh, yeah. I get like 20, 25 strains each season. Um, and with Oklahoma weather being so extreme, you kind of have to see and test what will even survive out here. Um, so I basically get a bunch of strains from like trusted friends or, 
you know, I know a lot of breeders in the industry, just like homies from yeah. from traveling and, you know. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of contacts that, like, all grow amazing cannabis. And so, you know, you get, oh, you should try this one. This one did amazing for me in my greenhouse. Because I can't get indoor. Like, if I buy indoor, you know, uh, strains and stuff, they're not going to do good in the greenhouses. Okay, interesting. Usually, usually. Um, so all these hype strains, hype, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're usually indoor strains. So you really have to look at, like I don't even look at indoor strains at all. Yeah. I look at greenhouse strains. That's what I want. I want greenhouse breeders. I want outdoor mm-hmm. breeders. I kind of don't care about what the indoor guys are doing because it doesn't pertain to me. Right. I mean, exactly. That's cool. I don't think I knew that there was indoor strains and outdoor strains, like, specifically. I just thought that you could grow both wherever. Or, like, just grow a cannabis seed wherever. Like, however you want. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I realized that there was, like, indoor and outdoor strains. Yeah. The outdoor, like, will be, like, tougher. Yeah. Because they have to, like, they've been bred in the elements. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're just breeding so if you're going down a breed line with just indoor genetics like oh this one did awesome indoor and this one did awesome indoor i'll breed those two two, two, together Mm -hmm. and it'll do awesome indoor um maybe it'll do awesome outdoor as well but it's less likely but if you get like an in an outdoor strain and an outdoor strain and they both did awesome Mm -hmm. generally that's the route you want to go with just to like have success Interesting. Yeah. But Let's sometimes, get to know. Uh, sometimes indoor uh, strains will do good, but it's hit and miss, and yeah. like you don't want to waste your time, and time is money, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is your? Um, what is, I know this is a hard question for you, but what is your current favorite strain that you grow that <laughs> you oh, like no. to consume? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite one right now. I'm like obsessed with smelling it. It's the lemon lava cake I have. Okay. I can I cannot like walk by the plant and not smell it. Like, yeah, every time, but it's kind of like not the prettiest. Yeah, what are the tips on it, or what is it high in, or why do you love it? <sighs> I haven't even got the test back on it. You but I'm it. I'm guessing it's uh, linalu. Yeah, um, and the limonene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I think those will be the high ones. Nice. That's exciting. Your favorite. It, uh-huh. Yeah, I brought some. Don't worry. So, um, speaking of like growing good flower for um, patients, do you have any cool patient stories that you'd like to share regarding your flower or certain strains that maybe have been game changer for someone? Yeah, um, I have so many cool patient stories. That's like why I keep growing weed is That's because so cool. every season I get like patients that are like, oh, that really helped me. Yeah. Um, so out in California, we were working with like cancer and AIDS patients donating a lot of um, flour to this organization and just hearing stories from you know people that were like really sick and that helping was like whoa that like kind of like changed my life (laughs) and uh, I would make these salves um, out of cannabis like really strong salves with cannabis and arnica and a bunch of other it's arnica arnica is a flower Mm -hmm. and it's actually like you'll see it You'll see like arnica gel even at like Walmart and stuff now okay. because it's it's just a flower but it has really good um, pain relief. Oh, so topical pain relief. Ooh, that's good to know. Arnica. Yeah, so that's what I'm also really into like 
not just cannabis like being medicinal, mm-hmm. but other plants, like yeah. just plant medicine in general, because there's so many other plants. So combining them um, is awesome. Yeah, yeah all the sure. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. Do you still make that salve? I do, and we just got our processing license, so we'll That's be... That's my next question. I know. <laughs> Brandon's like, where can I get good stuff? It's coming. <laughs> I'm always looking for, like, a good pain topical one. I have people, like, I was selling it to all the, like, yoga grandmas in Humboldt. Yeah. Which Amazing. Means a lot yeah. Because they really? have the top of the line in Humboldt, and... That's a huge compliment. Yeah, that I, know. Is. I was like, thank you. That's so sweet. Uh, well, whenever you get that, please let <laughs> yeah, me know. Yes. Seriously. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use it on my hands like every day. Uh, um, that's really how I use uh, cannabis a lot is these yeah. topicals. Cause yeah, I love that. Little crippled hands. Yeah, yeah they do <laughs> so much to, hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So for someone listening who may aspire to do what you do from your own experience, what's some advice you have to guide them in getting started? Um, if you want to be a grower, I definitely recommend trying to get a grow job, like get the faster you can get out in a field. I mean, if you want to be an indoor grower, find an indoor farm because I'm sure they're hiring. Um, or if you're more interested in outdoor, find a grower that, you know, needs help and just get hands-on experience the fastest you can. Um, that will move you forward in the industry just experience alone um or if you don't want to do that you know just get a plant and start mm-hmm. growing you know start start failing start winning start figuring out Throw what you like yeah yeah you're gonna kill some it's okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's okay <laughs> so Kimmy from a grower's perspective what's something that you want all patients to know or something that you wish they knew whenever they went to purchase flour they should definitely ask how it's grown because there is a lot of weird stuff that is legal in Oklahoma, especially um, that I see at the grocery store. Um, they do test for pesticides, but if they're even on there, I would be worried because you're inhaling that. Right. But that's just me from my like organic stance. Yes. Like, I love that stance. So I do. But you should ask like how, how it's grown mm-hmm. and, um, if you don't agree with how it's grown, maybe you can find a different option. Yes. Yeah. And educate yeah. yourself on the different grow Most styles. important too. Yes. Yeah. Most important. So we like to ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma surrounding the cannabis plant you would like to see changed? Ooh. I think I really would like more people looking at prisoners that are in, that are still sitting in prison for cannabis and, not like people actually acknowledge that like because I hear people talk about oh maybe they're bad actors in the community or you know Mm -hmm. they're still just growing weed yeah usually right um so if you're just still just working with the plant and you're sitting in jail that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is there should be reform and um you know people should be released there shouldn't be anyone sitting in prison or jail because they had some weed on them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone said that exactly. No, and it's, I I agree with that, especially because it it was brought to a federal level about it being legalized. I'm like, if we're talking about this federally, then we need to be like, why are people still sitting in jail for weed, even if it's like a gram, an eighth, an ounce, like whatever it is? 
Yeah, whatever it is. Like, like it's it's a nonviolent crime. Right. Those people cannot be. Forgotten. It's not even a crime. It's nonviolent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people spread love. Yeah, trying to still like separate weed as a crime. It should not be a crime, mm-hmm. right? Like, stop saying that it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop just, saying that it is. Just yes. because, just because, like, oh, now people can pay to play. Now it's not a crime all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God. That's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I agree. Those are good thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kimmy, I think this wraps up our episode for today. We just want to thank you for doing what you do and the passion you have and truly organic medicine for the people. It's really, it's really cool to see a woman doing mm-hmm. it in her own way and oh, powerful yeah. way. So <laughs> is there anything you want to add before we hop off here? No. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thank you. You can do it too. Anybody can do it. (laughs) Great advice. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us, Kimmy. If you want to learn more about what she's doing, you can give her a follow on Instagram at, wow, at Jackalope Farms. That's J-A-C-K-A-L-O-P-E farms dot cannabis. And thank you to everyone listening today. And be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.